I'm Kim. I'm Megs. Welcome to the At Woods End podcast. <laughs> We're recording. <laughs> Kittens can be real assholes. <laughs> Why are we here? What have I done? Who am I? Who am I? I only show. Oh right. my gosh! Ah, okay. <laughs> so great. <laughs> Elsa. I don't know, is that even a word? Welcome back to the At Woods End podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Megs. And this is episode 26, Craving Creativity. <laughs> this week we're going to be chatting about creativity. What Are you laughing? I am laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I have my own NPR voice, sorry. I was like, yeah, I was like, I could hear you snickering in the background while I'm trying to do this introduction. <laughs> this week we're going to be chatting about creativity and what it means to us how you find inspiration and the creative ruts that I know we're both familiar with and Mm. you know how do you recover from those after periods of burnout and I think it's interesting because you and I kind of come at this from two angles because both of us work in creative fields by way of career but we also spend a lot of time I think exploring that side of ourselves outside of that and I don't know about you but like I find I feel quite differently about some things depending on which of the two lenses I'm looking at it from yeah for sure depending on what I'm working on or what project I have in front of me I feel like creativity literally fuels so much of what I do and even when I was in you know straight up school and academia I was in this scientific discipline, but that creative bug and those juices, they were always flowing. And like side story already, we're starting early. I received feedback (laughs) that somebody really appreciates the fact that we're like same, same, but different for a lot of things that we have contrasting opinions, but agree on enough that it's not just two people that are like, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. And so I'm curious to see how this episode goes and whether or not we are similar or we we have these separations in this. Yeah. I feel that too. I feel like that's why you and I like balance each other out quite well, just because we're similar in like the core ways. Yeah. But like, (laughs) yeah, but there's a lot of ways that we're like, no, I feel this way. But like, we I would never do improv. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like, okay, before we get into the episode, how are you? Give me an update on your life. Because I mean, for our listeners, but also for me, because I feel like we've talked this like unnaturally small amount the past couple weeks in comparison to our usual daily FaceTimes. I know, I know. I so okay, I kid you not, listeners, there are points in time where Kim and I are FaceTiming just almost daily and it's because it's either work related podcast related or finally personal which that really comes at the bottom (laughs) sometimes (laughs) the last few weeks have been like hella busy for me i've been working on a project for if you guys remember the diamonds episode with melanie of heffernan's jewelry in waterloo so i was invited to their store to work on product videography and the last few weekends Your girl's been working weekends. We've been shooting almost their entire stock. And it's funny that we were doing creativity today because I've recently felt like an overwhelming amount of it on top of not only like my paid projects, I've just been developing things on my own for my own socials and web and just silly things that I'm into. Mosaics, can't get enough of them right now. (laughs) Plus non that related. Hugo is just about walking, which has been F-U-N to say the least. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so excited to see him soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll walk right over to you. Oh, I can't wait. 
that this is all this all ties in very well your busy creativity wise with work because I feel like I've also been busy with work creativity wise but I feel like where you're thriving I am surviving so it'll be (laughs) interesting to see how it filters into like our conversation today so like let's get into the episode the basics what does creativity like mean to you I had to sit with this one for so long but I kind of came to this conclusion that I think it's pushing to constantly change and to learn and bringing things of value to the table. You know, in general, I think it's really a core aspect of who I am because for me, creativity really extends past just artistic fields and kind of spills over to problem solving, which is something that I enjoy immensely and I'm always tinkering at one thing or another, you know, and whether it's how I want to present myself or the brands or like brands in general to the world or personal things or difficulties, that there's a lot of that problem solving and that creativity go hand in hand. Plus, a big one for me with creativity is just not giving up, that there's always a way, there's always something that's just waiting to be found. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think for, for me, my creative side is so deeply rooted in my understanding of myself And if I didn't have those, like, outlets to express and experiment and kind of, like, try on different hats, so to speak, I don't know that I would be as, like, grounded in who I am as a person. And I think that can even extend into not even creation, but even just the creative works that you consume. Like, the art you gravitate towards or the books you choose to read, they all shape your perspective and, like, understanding of the world. Mm -hmm. And having that prominently positioned in different aspects of my life is really important to me okay so then what is you know when it comes to creative outlets what is the most important to you or which one is the most important to you i think my journal like i knew you're gonna say that yeah Yeah. like because i think the thing is is it's so common today for people to create with the intention of sharing with others And, you know, so many photos are taken not for the joy of, like, capturing an image, but, like, because you're like, oh, I want to show all my Instagram followers what I ate for (laughs) breakfast today. And, like, I am for sure guilty. Yeah, I'm for sure guilty of it, too. I've definitely documented things. I mean, we all have documented things with the intention of, like, oh, I'm going to post this. Like, oh, you know. And why not? For whatever reason. I don't don't really see such a negative thing to that kind of. No, it's community. Yeah, Yes. Yep. It is community and it is like regardless of the intentions like it's the world we live in today. I think there's something about my journal and like the things I write in it and like the little collages of photos and ticket stubs and things that has always felt very freeing to me because it's like the one thing that I'm certain is my eyes only. It almost takes all the pressure off of creating in a way that like nothing else really does because like at the end of the day if I don't like how it turned out or I tried something that didn't work it's only me that I have to please. Obviously, you can apply that to so many things, but for me, that's really, my journal really makes me feel that way. Okay, so it's funny that you say that it's for your eyes only, but this is a challenge to everybody listening. Get Kim to show you her journal spreads because she will not (laughs) toot her own horn loud enough as to just how beautiful and how intricate and her little funny, beautiful writing that's just perfect. Makes me <laughs> and I'm, you know. <laughs> I'm like flashing it open and like covering all the words with my hands. And I'm like, if you just peek between my spread out fingers, you can see. Can you put a blurring filter on your phone and then look at it? <laughs> yeah. But yes, they're, they're absolutely beautiful. And oh, thank you. that really speaks to 
you know, when no one's watching, Kim still thrives. So you're not just surviving, <laughs> you are thriving and you don't need other people's what other people's gratification or other people's like, applause but yeah. you're getting it now so uh, well thank you as <laughs> i'm looking over her you? shoulder being like oh nice thing <laughs> <turn over> there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what okay. about you though like what's your what is your creative outlet of choice so i mean i love my ipad and i love procreate you know what even like instagram too is a is an, an homage a homage 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 yeah <laughs> homage right <laughs> I, to how I think so to share aspects of my life and you know this really fun and authentic way that looks beautiful and it's always about the feed never just about a single post there's a long end game to it you know and then I guess the other really big one for me is painting and it's something I've been doing art in general but painting specifically since I was a little kid and you know, it had me thinking a little funny side story that when I was a kid, I woke up promptly at 5 a.m. every day, sometimes 4.30. And this is in a time when I only had like my one younger sister. So I, I just remember there wasn't there wasn't Tank yet, like Martina, our youngest. And so my parents had created this art space for me with like every kind of medium I could safely use because I am very, very, very messy when I create. <laughs> And I would draw or paint for hours before the rest of the house would wake up. And without a doubt, every fucking morning, I had to go to the bathroom because paint or markers or like, how do you get crayons on yourself? I don't know, but I did it. And they had to like, <laughs> like wash yeah. it off of me. You know? And so <laughs> I guess from that, a good follow up question is, do you think that creativity is something that you're born with or, or not? Or do you think it's something that we all kind of have and then it can be taught and nurtured into, you know, this this very free-flowing type of creativity. I think it's a bit of both. I mean, I lean more towards the side of, like, we all have creativity to a degree, but it's definitely a side of ourselves that needs to be kind of, like, nurtured. And, like, you need... It's like a muscle, right? Like, everyone okay. has okay. a creative muscle, but if you don't exercise it you're not gonna be strong creatively right yeah so like I think when we're kids we have such this sense of imagination and we almost get like taught to repress it or bottle it down as we get older in this I don't know it's like a push to be like more quote-unquote adult but I think that's like we lose we yeah (laughs) and we lose a bit of that like you don't like I mean obviously as an adult you're not gonna be like I'm gonna go play pretend but like (laughs) (laughs) why not You, you like you know what I mean like you don't like go play dress up and like things like that that you did when you were a kid and obviously like interest change and like maturity and there's like a ton of factors that go into this but I think that when you like are able to lean into that like playful creative imaginative side of yourself when you're an adult that's where you find your creativity that being said I do think some people come by it a bit more naturally than others but like I also think if you use the like muscle analogy I think some people are naturally good at sports too yeah it doesn't mean that you can't become Mm -hmm. a great tennis player too but like maybe you're not a natural born talent you know no for sure so it's funny because like we're saying the same thing but differently because like for me I think that creativity can present itself in different ways like I have such a broad definition and the fact that it's not absolutely subjugated to the arts means that you don't necessarily have to be artistic to be creative But I do think that there are very few people who are born with what I would say is like an urge, 
of creativeness. They have this gift and it comes so naturally. But for everyone else, it's a long road and it either needs to be nurtured for you or somewhere in like your early to mid 20s, you begin nurturing it for yourself. Like, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I totally agree. And I think that doubt plays a really important piece in that too. On the one hand, when you're discouraged creatively, especially when you're young, I feel like it can be hard to get back to that afterwards. But I also think that when you truly are nurturing that creative side of yourself, there's always this question of, is this right? Is this my best? Like, does this actually qualify as art? There's this quote that I really like by Stephen Pressfield from his book, The War of Art. And he says, if you find yourself asking yourself, am I really a writer? Am I really an artist? Chances are you are. The counterfeit innovator is wildly self-confident. The real one is scared to death. And I think that that's true, that if you're like, oh, I've just like created this masterpiece, (laughs) like you're not, you're probably not thinking like critically enough for that and like about what you're creating. And I think that that's a huge part of creativity is being like, "Mm, could this have been a bit better? What if I had moved it here? Like it goes back to what you were saying about problem solving. Like it is kind of like a puzzle, whether it's painting and figuring out which tones are right or like graphic design and figuring out how things should be laid out to make it most pleasing for people. Like I think it is problem solving in the end. And so when you're so self-confident that you've got it right, chances are you're not actually what would be considered like a creative genius but i guess <laughs> which if i do say so myself we've both been called creative geniuses but we don't want it we don't we don't agree with that yeah we don't claim it we don't claim um, it it's, it's different if other people tell you you're a creative genius you just don't tell yourself thank you no i i just i know that i can do better and i'm like why aren't i painting at the level of michelangelo like this should not be that hard oh yeah every to everything i create for work by the next week i'm like who was this garbage idiot last week that was like making (laughs) who wrote this actually like like, by the time like every week and it it is such a i am so critical of like everything i one of my clients i've been writing their blog for them for years and this is like a side story before the main story but they actually had I'd reached out to a bunch of my clients and I was like hey I need some testimonials I'm updating a few things and when he wrote a testimonial for me he included that Maggie just does everything and we never have to get involved we love it and I'm like that's so funny because no very rarely do you have clients that are like I trust your expertise and your creativity good luck like (laughs) yeah we'll let you know but anyways so I had just like a slice of extra time and when their website had been updated some of the programs that they use were also updated and so it showed me that some of the earlier blog posts that I wrote like back in 2020 they weren't SEO optimized and for anybody who's not familiar with search engine optimization it's just the way something is written to determine how well it will do on Google and right that's that's a broad definition yeah like a, how it's gonna it, it the better the more optimized your web copy is the higher it'll rank on search engines yeah so when someone's and you Googling want it to for be key terms exactly. you want to be one of the top results because who has in their life 
everyone, raise your hand if you've ever been to page two of Google because nobody has. Nobody like, has. And nobody I'm, goes I'm to page two. I'm proud to say that one of our posts is a strong number three. So if you're looking for London engagement spots in or like London, Ontario engagement spots written by yours truly and optimized by me. But anyway, so I was looking at old posts that weren't hitting the the right like scores. They weren't doing well. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go in and I'm going to fix them up. And I had to read my writing from two years ago. And I and what, you, what, what kind of embarrassment is that? Like secondhand yourself embarrassment? <laughs> <laughs> You're just disgusted like, that someone was like, this was a really good read. And I was like, no, no, Oh my God, no. yeah, when your past self is giving you the ick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's... Oh my God. It, no, it's so true though. And okay, that kind of spirals into my next question for you, which is like, how how do you think working in a creative career affects your creativity in other aspects of your life? So I think surprisingly, it really depends on what I'm taking on. You know, I'm grateful to have clients and self projects that tend to be very, very different from one another. And like I choose to have kind of a broad skill set and a broad offering because really other than blog posts, because that's probably why I haven't been able to bring myself to keep my own blog running. I keep things versatile enough that they don't seem to affect one another because I see every project as its own project. And rarely am I doing the same kind of thing. And even with blog Mm -hmm. posts, like I write technically like three blog posts regularly, but the, the topics are so different that I don't tend to feel an overload even in that. So I, I think it's that somehow I get away by just attempting things that are very different that I'm never like, holy shit, this is too much. I need to do my... I do want to take a calculus course. So maybe actually that's a pretty good... I've, I've just been doing like hard TikTok calculus problems. Oh my God. Of course, of course I... <laughs> I would love to see your TikTok feed, actually. It's really weird. Because, like, the fact that you're on the calculus side of TikTok. Yeah, I'm on like... the love is blind side of TikTok right yeah, now. You and my husband both. Oh, my God. Oh, I have I have things to discuss with Sheila. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely feel the same. It, it's, it's funny because, like, similar to one of our previous questions, I feel like we're we're kind of on the same page, but, like, different. Like, for me... I really have to walk the line because it like it can be hard for me to turn that side of myself on on days when I'm really just like not feeling it and I can feel such a difference between the days of when my ideas are coming easily at work and I'm able to get things written or designed in a way that feels like very free-flowing versus the days which has been my entire week this week where it is just like (laughs) it's not it's not working i'm even just putting together a simple simple thing is like pulling teeth and work-life boundaries i mean i feel like i've i don't have my podcast you probably make a little like montage of how many times i've been like work-life boundaries on the podcast <laughs> but like yeah, we should it, change the intro to just how many times kim says work-life boundaries. yeah it's just it's every little snippet is just clips of me saying work-life boundaries but it's like so important in like the creative sense because like the reward I get from creative work in sense the sense of a career is completely different from the sense of accomplishment or like happiness I get from being creative outside of work okay and they both pull from like 
they both pull from the same pool inside of me though if that makes sense yes so like if i have too much work i don't get the reward of being creative outside of work because i have like i'm pulling from an empty pot essentially and so like i need to kind of walk a line of like being able to have both and being firm about like you know not overworking myself or not like underworking myself and then like you I mean every time I feel I have a less busy work month all of a sudden it's like oh she's back on Instagram again (laughs) (laughs) or like oh wow she's she's making TikToks this much like side note do you guys follow our business accounts because you should we're making moves and (laughs) I feel like we'll put them in the show notes it's (laughs) it's often in tandem though that we especially so mine I don't know where my like work bursts come from when it comes to Instagram but I feel like we'll like all of a sudden I'll be booming on Instagram and I'm like oh there's Kim here we go we're ready and then we have a period (laughs) of just quiet because we're silent we're quotations very busy with projects which is true very busy or like if you're like oh she hasn't posted her work Instagram in a while it's because it's probably because I'm burnt out (laughs) and like can't physically do it and like I can feel myself hitting that point right now actually and so I'm really trying to be like okay stop working like this can wait till tomorrow and like talk myself down and like put those boundaries really like firmly in place because I'm not the best at like holding firm to them as much as I believe in them yeah that's my like long answer to that question is like (laughs) it it affects me because my outside work creativity is like all it's all from the same same. part of me yeah yeah okay whereas like I see mine is very much like project based (laughs) everything is something separate and I'm like well I'm not painting any Roman sculptures for any of my clients therefore I should be able to pull the right juices for this without (laughs) (laughs) that's like I feel like I feel like you have a healthier mentality than I do I don't know I it's funny because Kim does talk about work-life balance a lot and so but in like a really good way because if you don't already know Kim's literally been my freelancing mentor when I started I was like Kim you know Kim brought me into freelancing basically and which I don't think I've ever told this story on the podcast but here's here's the story of how I got into freelancing while we're talking about creativity so I've been freelancing since 2010 maybe 2009 I used to sell my paintings in my high school and would sell paintings to people that we knew and I would do commissions there are people that have my original art that I sold them for like 25 dollars Canadian <laughs> and so it's crazy <laughs> I know right <laughs> and I hope they keep you know I'm like that's gonna be worth so much money maybe <laughs> when I'm maybe <laughs> Who knows, right? But then I did 19 years of schooling and I had my master's of botany. So I had done school for like seven years straight and I was like, I need a motherfucking break. And so I traveled. We got my husband and I got engaged or I guess he was my boyfriend at the time. And then shortly after, like literally a few months after my dad passed away and he had been sick for a really long time. It wasn't unexpected if anybody knows an old Eastern European man who despises hospitals, then then you'll know <laughs> exactly what we dealt with. And so he yeah. kind of passed away suddenly. And at that point, this was like in end of November, beginning of December. So I took a couple months of just, just grieving and just hanging out, not really wanting to go back into a lab setting to do something with the botany work that I did. And so I'd set up, uh, Tilo and I were going to move to the UK 
at the end of 2020, we were going to go to our friend's wedding. And then shortly after, we were going to (laughs) head to England where I had a job lined up. Basically, it was like March and I was like, okay, I need to I need to get into work. I need to do something kind of full time, but I'm not ready to be in person yet. I'm not ready to be around people like I'm still dealing with this loss. And Kim was like, do you want to write a blog for us? four times four times a month and I was like okay and so Kim connected me with one of her clients and that's how I started full-time freelancing so that is why Kim and I talk a lot about work-life balance (laughs) and with that it's taken like two years for me to be like oh what Kim says makes a lot of sense (laughs) yeah I feel like it takes a while when I first started freelancing, I was very like, oh, I can work anytime. Like, this is great. I'm going to, I don't need to have set I'm make hours. It work. Or yeah. like, yeah, like I can just work whenever I want. And I really, which I feel like is a really like common conception of it. And like the more it works until you have too much yeah, work. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's a certain level of amount of like hours you're working where you need to be firm and I also think that like humans generally as much as you can love like spontaneity there's still structure in that no you don't no yeah like I think it like even if you're like oh I like like not having you to start at a certain time like sure but you probably still have a routine in place even if I was ever on like a dating profile and someone was like I'm spontaneous I'd be like (laughs) (laughs) nope I don't yeah see I can take spontaneity in my personal life in my work life someone throws Mm -hmm. me a curveball and I'm like how dare you (laughs) I have my weeks planned out you moron yeah I'm like you don't understand that like my entire week is mapped out when I start my week so when you're like oh I need this urgently I'm like (laughs) it's gonna "Ah." cost you yeah Yeah. (laughs) anyways okay we that was a huge tangent that was a huge tangent I'm sorry yeah (laughs) do you have any tools that kind of get you into the creative mindset like before you're starting something yes absolutely so when it comes to work or anything creative I need basically three things so I need a clean space I'm I cannot work I cannot start working that is (laughs) let's put that in bold I cannot start working when something is messy I'm anally organized and clean and it needs to be like that when I start then I need a beverage of any kind (laughs) And then some sort of music or auditory like stimulation, you know, and I I listen to different music depending on the time of day and depending on what I'm working on. You know, sometimes I can put a movie on or a show in the background just so that I can listen to it. And then when I find that like it's time to get creative, I, I wouldn't do well in like a super quiet room, like almost the opposite of what you think I need. I don't need like absolute calm. I need just like the right amount of chaos. Like, there needs to be some mm-hmm. sort of crazy symphony playing in the back to get my mind in that, like, <laughs> like here, we're getting creative, and then I make a mess. And it's it goes from clean to mess, but then I have the satisfaction of cleaning, cleaning up. So that's, yeah, yep. I agree. I agree with the, like, clean part. I really need a tidy environment before I start things, and, like, that's something that even just, like, my computer every Friday, because, like, my desktop, I just, like, save things to my desktop all throughout the week, and then I allot, like, 30 minutes of my Friday afternoon to just, like, uploading things to Google Drive and, like, cleaning up my desktop. Because, okay. like, I, I need... I pegged you for that. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. I'm, like, during the week, it gets very cluttered because I'm, like, working on things, but every Friday, like, that is, that is one of my, like, end of work week rituals is to, like, completely clean my desktop of all of its files 
and like make sure everything's sorted in a way so that when I come back mm. on Monday, mm-hmm. it's very like fresh start. See, my downloads but, are a mess, and I and I rarely get in. Oh, there. I'm not. I like empty my downloads. Oh, at the okay, end maybe of I need to week. start. I need to start doing that. Here we go. <laughs> Friday like, afternoon. <laughs> okay, it's like a good like end of work week. But like aside from that, like when I'm writing, I like to listen to classical music and kind of have like all distractions gone. So I'll often like shut off my email, hide my phone, like that kind of stuff. Um, so that it's just like me focusing on the work that I'm doing. And, like, similarly, when I'm journaling, I'm a big fan of the Apple Music Spa playlist. And I have the... Hugo <laughs> like that, have... too, when he takes baths. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. And I have, like, this little nook, which is where I'm actually sitting right now in my bedroom corner. And I just, like, put a mountain of pillows and, like, blankets. And, like, that's where I go to, like, write in my journal. Um, But, like, it's funny because whereas, like, when I'm doing work work and I'm writing I like classical music like you said I like like a little like frantic symphony in the background (laughs) but if I'm I have put on playlists that aren't the spa music playlist when I'm trying to journal and it'll be like I don't know like a coffee shop classical thing and one of them will be this like upbeat jazz music and I'll just be like tense in the corner (laughs) when I'm writing in my journal because it really stresses me out but and you probably yeah. conditioned yourself to only be able to journal. You should do that. You should switch playlists just to get your mind, extend yourself past your own boundaries. That's very interesting. Yeah, it yeah. is interesting. I've also been like, I I mean, I don't know if you've ever told you how one time when I was little, my mom was listening to the Braveheart soundtrack <laughs> in the kitchen while she was cooking. And okay. I was like, probably like five. And I was sitting at the kitchen table coloring and she looked over at me and I was sobbing (laughs) like just sobbing into my crayons because and she was like obviously like what's wrong and I was like the music it's beautiful like the music is so sad okay did I tell you what makes me cry what song also came on when I was a child pretty sure I know the answer to this but tell me it's Fernando by ABBA yes I cannot listen to it guys even now I hear that song can you hear the drums? <laughs> <laughs> my, I also no more lonely nights by Paul McCartney used to make me ball. Stop! I'm gonna start back. crying now. Okay. Yeah, let's, which let's... like to be fair, now I like really like it's one of my favorite songs. If now I'm old enough to understand it was a it's a happy song. When I was a kid, I didn't understand that it was a happy song. I just heard the word lonely, and also I didn't understand celebrity crushes, and I thought that. My mom was going to, like, leave for Paul McCartney. <laughs> so I was having a bit of an existential crisis at the time, too. <laughs> okay, I have to... But, like, hindsight, I have, I have learned that... Okay, I have a side story. Fact, when I was a kid, <laughs> I was at home with my dad, and somebody came and knocked on our door. And it was a lady, and my dad had, like, a short conversation with her. Apparently, this is, like, when I didn't understand language, because I, I didn't... Maybe I just didn't hear them. And I asked him and I said, you know, who was that? And he was like, oh, that lady came to ask me to marry her. But I said, no, because I'm married to your mom. And I was like, what? <laughs> Scandal. And I went to the window and I like watched her car drive away. And I was like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> you see, kids don't understand. Like, I was just like, I, my mom just like was a big Beatles, is a big Beatles fan. And I was like, oh, 
I don't know who this Paul guy is, but he's, like, <laughs> causing problems, I think. And then my mom, like, was, like, hysterically laughing when I, like, told her one Aww. day. Because she was like, no, listen. She's like, we would be rich <laughs> if I could. But it's, it's not a prospect. Oh, I love my tangents. <laughs> Let's get back yeah. to it. Okay. Where do you find your inspiration? Okay. Well, like, not to sound, like literally everybody else on the planet but like pinterest is a big one that i go to a lot more recently i've been really trying to move away from finding inspiration through like anything social media related i've come to this like realization that it almost feels more like mimicry to me sometimes than true inspiration and then i recently read uh tiffany shalane's book 24 6 and she basically her and her family for the last i don't know how many years spend one day a week from friday evening to saturday evening completely screen free and that's a big one for you eh yeah you've been really vibing with that yeah i just think that there's a lot of value in it and i find like mentally i like it just I just feel very much more, like, inspired and, like, grounded when I have that time. And so, like, I I don't know. I think some of the best ideas come from boredom. And a lot of the time now, because we as a society have Instagram or TikTok, whatever, at the palm of our hands, it's like, we don't know what that... I don't think a lot of people know what that feeling feels like anymore. And a lot of kids are just, like, you know, they just get on their iPad or, like, whatever. Like, you're standing in the grocery store checkout and, like, you immediately go to TikTok. But if you had sat there and just, like, stared off into space and, like, thought what ideas could come to you from that. And so, like, I'm trying to be more conscious about having that screen free time and like for me that's not necessarily I'm not as full as she is in the sense that she's like very there's no they don't do tvs they don't do like anything that's not fun we're we're like seven seasons into bones and it's very good (laughs) we're back on bones we're back on bones my my way of doing her like you know weekly detox is just to do social no social media and so like i will i will text still i will take photos still for like my own memories but i don't go on instagram i don't go on tiktok i don't go on twitter like i don't go on anything for a day i try to do on the weekends and this is only i've only done this for the past couple weeks but it has really made a big impact on me like mentally i feel really good at the end of the weekend and i find that i'm like reading more and i'm like you know doing other things Things because when you feel like you can't grab your phone, you're like, well, how am I going to occupy my time? Right. I, I, I can definitely see how I actually wrote an article today and it, I included like, put your phone away, turn off screens, unplug. And this is why. So, yeah. <laughs> No, it's, no, it's it. Yeah, it makes a, it makes a big difference to me. Like, it depends on also like your relationship. I think too with technology. Because we is, work like, really in important. it too. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a big drainer for me. So like, it's really important. But I also understand if you're in a job where you're not on your phone all day or you're not at a computer all day, then maybe you don't need that same disconnection. Like screen, yeah, from exactly. it. It's just it's something that I'm like learning is important to me. But like, what about you? Where do you find inspiration? I guess a precursor for this is that like my mind never stops, like literally never. At any given time, I feel like my mind never ceases to amaze. No, (laughs) no, it's just it doesn't stop. Like I'm, I'm always thinking about six different things. So when it comes to inspiration, it it comes from just about everywhere. Like I I read so much throughout the day, and 
I spend a lot of time looking through various archives. Like right now I'm on a classical and renaissance kick, you know, sifting through the pages of Martha Stewart living. I love Martha Stewart. And as we all know, and I guess kind of similar to you, Pinterest, but I run three different Pinterest accounts that are very, very, very different. And a lot of creativity comes from, you know, I'm seeing this random pin for this particular niche, but that, oh, what if, what if you applied that here? And what if you did this? You know, and I, I literally have to make an effort to put myself in situations where I can turn it off because then I get overloaded. For me, that's the grocery store, Value Village, and I'm currently (laughs) obsessed with, don't ask me fucking why, I'm obsessed with typing tests. I take... (laughs) My brother was doing typing tests recently. Have you taken a typing test, people? You need to take a typing test. I know They are fun. She's like, oh, I can do 147 words a minute. Whatever. I'm not there yet. (laughs) But (laughs) that's... That's... So, I mean, like, for inspiration, it's really... And traveling is a big one. When I'm in these old places and these old buildings, and I just... I'm... Okay, so... (laughs) Do you want to know the other thing I cry at spontaneously? (laughs) Go. Tell me. Old architecture. (laughs) When I'm in Europe, I sob throughout the day. I just, I'm so inspired and in awe and the achievements and the prowess and just the creativity. And I just like, (laughs) I just bought, and it doesn't have to be like, Sagrada Familia. It, it can just be, uh, here's a wobbly old church in England, and I'm like, <laughs> the people, the history. Wow. So that's that's my inspiration. It's just blah. Everywhere. Everything. I think that's like, that's the right, that's like, I mean, not that you can have a right and a wrong way of finding inspiration. That's the right way to find inspiration. <laughs> like, I think that that's like, that is what like oh, i don't know what i'm trying to say uh like let's throw away kim it's fine <laughs> yeah like no just that that i feel like that is where the best maybe the best inspiration comes from is what i'm trying to say is that like i feel that a lot of really random things have inspired really great things like i think of i don't know if you've ever seen there is a clip of phineas like billy eilish's brother on i don't know if it's jimmy fallon it was something but they were talking about the creating her second last album like the one that won like every grammy right right ever and there's like like a sound in the background of one of her songs and he's like yeah that's actually the crosswalk sound from australia's street signs okay and they just were walking and they're like that sounds like kind of cool and they recorded it on like their iphone and then it like made it into the background of one of her songs because they're just like it's a cool sound and it's just really interesting because like what a random thing but that's what i'm trying to say is that i feel like when you just like let yourself be exposed to like things that are interesting or like new experiences like that's sometimes where like the best things come from clearly she won like grammys for that album but comes down to like broad like uh, diversifying your interest and what you i have a very strong drive all of a sudden i'm into you know japanese antiquity art 
and I just want to learn about it. <laughs> and then it, you know, all of a sudden there's a very particular flair to some of the posts that I'm posting or, you know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I think that's something that I don't know where that comes from. I don't know why all of a sudden I'm into, you know, 1930s colonial homes and their architecture why I'm like where I saw that I'm like I should have looked into that but it's it's interesting that yeah as you diversify then you provide yourself with your own with you know ways of kind of sparking that creativity so yeah every single person has different puzzle pieces that they're like bringing to the table you and I could approach the same thing but like you're studying Japanese antiquities and like colonial architecture of anime that one <laughs> and I'm over here like basket weaving and like learning to blow glass well that was and, a big one <laughs> yeah and like then you come together and like we could approach the same problem but we've got like very different lenses because the things yes. we've been exposed to mm-hmm. are very different and so I think that like you could give us the same project and there would be totally different final results because our experiences and like the different lenses that we're that looking at to the that. problem yeah. from are like very different and that's what the more you can like expose yourself to i think the more it can that's a good moral with. of this episode expose yourselves people <laughs> yes but only like legally expose yourself um <laughs> okay how do you get yourself unstuck then when you're in like a creative rut i mean it doesn't happen very often which is good but when it does it's so fucking bad and usually it means i need to take a long ass break you know at at that point when it happens when i just can't and i'm getting frustrated then the first thing i do is i try to work out go for a walk because i'm finding that my mind is almost too wild and i need to like tire myself out physically just like a fucking two-year-old you know and then (laughs) and then i don't come back to that for a long time have this vision of you running around the park (laughs) like oh she's in a creative run again i don't know what to name this fucking collection yeah you just like doing the monkey bars (laughs) (laughs) i mean and this is really this is part of the reason why i'm so anal about being super ahead i guess we touched upon this before about you know having my weeks planned and and being ahead of whatever i need to do just in case this happens Mm -hmm. because when it does sometimes it takes a couple of days before i can come back to it but usually tiring myself out physically that that seems to be super helpful and because even like with my etsy shop when i'm doing my illustrations can you guess how many hours it takes me to do an illustration roughly because i think i'm gonna hold a contest let me know listeners if you'd like to win one of my prints because i was thinking of like hosting a contest being like if you can get it to the minute you'll get you'll get your print Ooh. of choice but roughly what do you think 20 no like anywhere from like 45 to 70 hours it takes to create one of those prints right and so <laughs> when i've done five of them i'm like oh my god i i need to do 10 push-ups because that's all I can do but then need to do like a fit-on exercise because I'm just yeah fried right so. no I totally agree like I think the only note I put under this question when I was like prepping this episode is just stop <laughs> because yeah I think like the key to most creative blocks is just not to try anymore and 99% yeah. of the time I know when I take a break and similarly go to the gym take a shower run an errand whatever it is 
I'm usually, like, darting back to my desk an hour later with this, like, epiphany. Exactly. Uh, like, I don't know how many times I've been brushing my teeth and then all of a sudden I'm running through my house being like, <laughs> I need to just write this sentence down because it's what I was looking for, but I had been sitting at my computer for an hour and it wasn't coming. And then the second I walk away and just, I'm like, I you just need a it, break. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wait a second. That's what I'm looking for. And so, like, I think that exactly, you just have to stop trying yeah for a while no 100 percent. it's that you need that break you need that time away and for the most part it comes back like i gotta give it to writers who write super long novels and stories and stuff because i know that they get pretty there's actually a book series that i absolutely adore and two of the three books have come out and the last one came out in 2011 and apparently it was leaked that the third one was supposed to come out in august of 2020 but no book yet and so i'm sure this guy's getting death threats but i get it apparently he was having some difficulties with his mental health and you know being in a block for a bit and you know it's his fault for writing the most complicated intricate story ever but (laughs) we're still waiting on book three so yeah and well it's funny too that you you bring up like authors because i also don't think i've ever heard an author be like oh yeah i met all my deadlines and like it was easy like i've ever i feel like the most like common like stereotype of any writer is avoiding deadlines leaving it to the last minute (laughs) dreading and i think there's a quote that's like i hate writing but i love having written that is that is a great quote yep that is the definition of it like i think for me writing is one of the things i find to be most rewarding and it is also the thing that stresses me out to no end like if I know I have deadlines yeah to me it weighs on me until I get it done but once I'm done I am like so I feel so accomplished 100% I I uh, 100% agree all right well okay that's I feel like that's a good note to kind of wrap things up on 100% (laughs) so now I've got a little fun math to finish things off today. So we're going to be learning about the weird rituals of some of the most inventive, creative people throughout history. I'm ready. Okay, here we go. You got to say, I know the math segment. <laughs> now the math segment. <laughs> Take it away, Kim. Why was your drumroll so much better than mine was? Because um, you panic when I put you on the spot. <laughs> Actually, this was probably cut from one of the first episodes, but I didn't know that kim was so squeamish when put on the spot but i should have known because sometimes i'd be like kim smile for the camera and all of a sudden she would just like <laughs> distort like her body in talladega nights when uh wolf was like i don't want to do with my hands his yeah. hands just keep getting like higher and higher <laughs> exactly and so kim did a drum roll and she was like <laughs> i was like <laughs> you could hear this long pause but anyways take oh it away fill math let's go Okay, so I pulled these from a book by Ellen Weinstein called Recipes for Good Luck, The Superstitions, Rituals, and Practices of Extraordinary People. So if anyone's curious to read more of these, you could find them in there. Um, but okay, number one, Agatha Christie, famed mystery author who's so known much. for books like The Murder on the Orient Express, used to eat apples in the bathtub while brainstorming plots for her next mystery Oh, novel. Hercule Poirot! Oh, it's my favorite! <laughs> Wait... <laughs> And then, okay, number two, Alfred Hitchcock, who directed movies like Psycho and The Birds, made a cameo in every single one of his movies. It started out as a way to help with shortages because there wasn't enough extras at the time, but over the years it became a superstition that if he didn't appear in the movie, it would flop. 
Did any of his movies flop? I don't think so. I don't think I I don't know what Alfred Hitchcock movie. I mean, there's certainly ones that are more like famous than others, but I don't think he's had a flop. No, I don't think so. Quentin (laughs) Tarantino. But he's also in every single one of them. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino does that too, but he's 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 oddball, to say the least. I feel Alfred Hitchcock was a bit of an oddball. I think so too. Yeah, you can't make great movies without being a little wackadoodle. I don't think you can be like a creative genius without being a bit psycho. Yep. <laughs> pun, pun unintended. I'm talking about Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> but uh, okay, Benjamin Franklin. Yep. He swore by air baths before he'd start his work. <laughs> so he would sit naked in front of an open window for an hour and a half while he read or wrote things. And I just think this is funny because one of the things that it like specified was that it was on his first floor. In front of an open window, and I just think like, what if someone was walking by? Those poor people on the sidewalk, and just like naked Benjamin Franklin <laughs> reading a book. <laughs> but that, he swore by it. Thirty minutes. He said the cold water was too cold, so he would use cold air to refresh okay. himself. Disgusting. All right, <laughs> number four, Charles Dickens, author of Christmas Carol and Great Expectations, among many others carried a navigational compass with him at all times so that he could always sleep facing north. He believed it improved his creativity in writing. Okay. Okay. Which, like, my question is also, like, what if you were, like, staying in, you know, like, okay, a hotel room and you can't sleep facing north? What are you gonna do? Like, sleep sideways on your bed? I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all year. I was screwed in the play. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's that's a little bit ridiculous. But I I have my own nighttime rituals that I'm sure if you if you read them out in a (laughs) hundred years, people would be like, huh? Can you imagine I like came to stay at your house and just whipped out my compass and I was like, um, we're gonna have to move this queen size bed. Can uh." can we just like move the pillows maybe to the other end of the bed? Okay, number five fashion designer Coco Chanel was once told by a fortune teller that number five was her lucky number. That's where the famous perfume Chanel number five comes from. But she also had a crystal chandelier in her apartment that was shaped like a number five and she would always present her collections on the fifth day of May, the fifth month, for good luck. Oh, I like that one. Why not a little numerology? The number five in numerology is characterized by curiosity. It craves adventure, freedom, and a variety of different and exciting experiences in order to feel fulfilled. It symbolizes the four limbs and the head that controls them. Interesting. Okay, very very, Okay, I feel like it's on point. Okay. A little bit weird, but, you know, anything to get that success. I like the, like, the fifth day of May. I just feel like that's, like, such a fun fact one because, like, Chanel number five is such, like, an iconic. It is iconic. I literally have it, yeah. A little bit like old lady, but, like, so it's very classic. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, number six. Author and essayist Joan Didion would sleep in the same room as her manuscript whenever she was close to finishing a book. She said, the book doesn't leave you when you're asleep right next to it. (laughs) Which I thought was like, I just like love the idea of her like crawling into bed with a giant manuscript, but... Not the weirdest thing you crawl into bed with, but... True, true enough. (laughs) Um... All right, number seven. Ludwig von Beethoven would rise at dawn and immediately begin begin his work. According to his secretary, he would begin the day by preparing his coffee, always counting out exactly 60 beans per cup. 
I don't hate it. I, you know what? If that's what it takes to be a musical genius, then I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah, Why not? It clearly worked for him. <laughs> but like, I just like the time. But maybe it's like a kind of like meditative thing to count mm-hmm. your 60 coffee beans. Yeah, it gets you in, okay. the, in the mindset. Yeah. Number eight. Mary Shelley, author of Frankenstein, allegedly had a pet boa constrictor. She would write with the snake around her shoulders. And when the snake would squeeze, she would use it as her cue to stop working. Which is honestly, like, work-life boundaries that I respect. <laughs> because, like, she's, she's, like, as out of my control, I'm sorry, I was going to be strangled by my boa constrictor. Just get it does a say guinea allegedly. pig that will squeak when when Aww. it's time to end. I would love that. You need a guinea pig in your life, Kim. I, I do. I really do. Okay, number nine. Pablo Picasso would not throw away his old clothes, hair trimmings, or fingernail clippings Aye. for fear it would mean losing part of his essence, which is disgusting. <laughs> Where did he keep them? I don't know. That was my other I... question. And also, like, who has them now? Oh, yuck. Because I feel like they would. Ew. Ew. Just, like, a big jar of fingernail clippings. Disgusting. But, yeah, I don't know. Yuck. And last but not least, number 10, Serena Williams always bounces the ball five times before her first serve and twice before her second. Okay, that one, that one I get. That That's a ritual. You know, sports people are weird with their rituals. She also apparently wears the same pair of socks if she's, like, on a streak with, like, a tournament. Ew. Which, which like, I feel is, like, a, again, very, like, common. Like, I, I feel like that's not surprising in, like, the sports world. See, I feel like I just, I read something about superstitions and it's, you know, there's a point in time where superstitions take over because if you took away those socks which she do terribly maybe and then at that point it's hindering your psychology to a point of of hindrance rather than yeah. you know helping you do better so no i think for sure i mean there's so many things in this world that i think like it could be that it's 90 percent a placebo effect but if the placebo effect works and like makes you do better or put you in a mindset that allows you to, like, perform better, then, like, sure, just do it. If it makes you feel good. But, yeah, I guess that, okay, so that wraps that, that up. That wraps up this episode. This was such a that fun episode. episode. Get creative, everybody. That's... Yeah, and, like, yeah, if you learned anything from this Phil and I segment, it's, like, don't be afraid to be weird, because look at all these, like, genius It works for you, yeah. <laughs> like, if Benjamin Franklin can sit naked in his front window and read a book while people are walking by on the street then like you can do anything yeah you just need to find your wackadoodle ritual to get you where you gotta go (laughs) (laughs) okay so with that follow us on instagram if you aren't already following us you can find us at at wits end podcast and if you're listening on apple music and would love to give us a review please do so well five stars only (laughs) yeah leave us an actual review too those really help yeah and like yeah yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) okay bye bye now (laughs) bye